Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 316, Life in the Fast Lane, number 16, Too Fast, Too Furious, minute 91. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And we are here for, this is going to be, I feel like, our one of our bigger life, life's lives in the fast lane. What's the plural of this? Lives. Is it lives in the, fa- in the yeah. fast lane? In a while because fast I have a lanes. in the middle. Is is the lane plural or is it is the life plural? Is it an attorney's general situation? I think so because lives in the fast all, lane. I mean, you don't have a life, but I have a life. Wow, and that almost but, couldn't uh, be <laughs> more inverted. But I appreciate the attempt at a joke. Yeah, I tried. I think, I mean, the easy thing would be life in the fast lane episodes. That's clear, right? But like yes. lives in the fast lane, lanes, the lanes, I the think. lanes, Middleton. Yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah. Life in the Fast Lane Middleton. Well, welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. Joe, anything to say before we get into minute 91 of Too Fast, Too Furious? Oh, we're just starting with the minute? You, did you mix it up again, or did we nope. do this last I, time? I, I, don't, this is, I didn't change the order. This is the order that I have in the doc, so I think this is what we used to do. It, it still doesn't feel right. Um, but yeah, anything to say before we dive in? Okay. I mean, we could do news. I have so much news, but I also... I have a little bit of news. Okay, whatever we've, you want. Tell me where we're starting. We've we done 16 of these, and neither of us know how to do this still. It just always feels like you're Doesn't mixing the right. order. I hope that this is just like a long con that like everybody else is in on besides me. That no, like I you, wish it was. You and the Discord and the patrons are just which, like... Which conspiracy theory would you prefer, that or all of our patrons are fake and I'm writing in all these emails? I mean, oh, that's... The, that's I, I really that's like that one. one. Yeah. I like that one, because that's, like that's a really difficult... Well, we saw the thing. Did I sent this tweet to Joey and Rachel that I saw the other day that was like, if my boyfriend had a podcast, I would just subscribe to like the patron for one dollar a month and be like Steve, whatever, and just be like, not your best work today this week, guys, <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was like, this is what I imagine Rachel's doing. She got to be like yep. at least three of you guys. Mm-hmm. Someone sent in. There's an email in this episode where someone made a Gmail and the name is no name. And they didn't want to use their real... I have no idea who this was. And maybe it was Rachel. I don't know. But it's the first one I'm just like, I respect the anonymity. Like, they wanted to share things with us, which I appreciate. But they wanted to stay under the radar. And I appreciate that. So, genuinely no idea who this person is. But we'll get to that email. We'll awesome. The email. Probably is Rachel. It might be Rachel. Anyway, minute 91 of Too Fast, Too Furious. Get off a of Tarpon Point. Tarpon Point. There's, there's no airstrip at Tarpon Point. Who said anything about an airstrip? Brian! Brian, man, what's the hold up, bro? Yo, Rome, there's a new plan. What the hell? We're meeting him at the Tarpon Point exit, not the airstrip. So what are you saying? Like I said, there's a new plan. Hello, you there? Damn! Yo, what the hell is he doing? The feds are in the wrong place. Brian's woman is on the wrong with Barone. So... So Brian's not coming. 
So in this minute, as Brian is about to ejecto Cito Enrique out of the car, Enrique upends his plan, telling Brian to instead get off at Tarpon Point. Brian communicates this to Roman, who has pulled off the road and met up with Jimmy, which I, who I forgot was in this part of the movie. And then Brian pulls off at Tarpon Point as the minute ends. And my own, my real question to you was I was just surprised that Jimmy is back and he's wearing a gray mechanic shirt with some nice yeah, sewn on patches true. and stuff. I totally forgot he's there. Yep. But at this point, Enrique has to know something's going on with Brian, right? Like I know that the whole because he says to him, like you, like who said anything about an airstrip? So he obviously has to be on guard. Because I know that Carter Verone is doing the thing, like he's like planting seeds that like whoever gives the wrong thing, they know that there's like a, a rat, a leak, or whatever. Yes. Like Brian and Roman have the walkie-talkies, but you would think that Enrique would have some kind of way to get in touch with Carter Verone, like this guy's saying airstrip. I don't think he needs to. I, it, I'm more worried that. Enrique seems to be in on the plan because Carter Verone doesn't seem like a guy that would let Enrique in on the plan. Like this is like, like if he's scared of, if he's scared of having rats in the camp, why would he tell them? Like, why is his response? Like who said anything about an airstrip? Like he's in on that too. If he's worried that information's leaking out. Right. Yep. But that's basically all that I found this minute. There's still the song Change of Plans, which is going. I have a question for later, but you said that you found something. Because I was thinking to you, I'm like, I can't wait. I don't want to dog this movie because I like the movie. But, like, in terms of the content per minute, it feels like there was so much more happening in, like, the first movie in all sorts of ways. Content per minute. Um, And I know that Tokyo Drift is going to be, like, a visual feast. and It's going to be too much. There might be too much for us to deal with. Too many signs and shit. It's just a pan. At this point, I just kind of want to, like, get on from too fast. But you said that you found something wild. So, please, I'm I'm ceding the floor to you. Please, I I genuinely have no idea where this is going to go. I have not read what you wrote or copied and pasted in here. So, please, do whatever you're going to do. Okay, let me preface this with, I was looking for the locations, Right? That's like a normal thing. There's not really much in this minute, but I was looking for locations. As you are wont to do. Yeah. As you, So they talk about Tarpon Point, and I find that, like, the location of where they go is, like, what is it? It's on Virginia Keys and, like, on this road in the east corner. Okay? okay. So mm-hmm. I find this thing. If you click in the document... I think that that's probably, like, where they pull up, right? Looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It looks like exactly where they pull into, right it, at the end of the minute. There's some trees and stuff there that weren't there for the movie, but it looks like the same kind of view and the same kind of lot and everything. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's a pretty cool place. Like, a lot of other things have been shot there. I have some, like, I have some stuff in the minute document, like, uh, True Lies, Ace Ventura, Porky's 2, Miami Vice, CSI Miami, Dexter, like, a whole bunch of places shoot there just because so it's, like... So this is the Neptune's net of the second movie, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Not as recognizable, but, like, a lot of movies that we've seen, like, big things have all shot in this place. Yes, exactly. Cool. So, um, upon doing that, I find this... <laughs> They And I think that this is the same place. I can't confirm, but they say, like, at the end of the movie, when they come back, that's the same place, right? It, it's, like, just from the other angle. It's, like, looking out. Like, you're just looking in reverse. Like, Brian pulls up, but, like, when they do, like, pockets ain't empty because well, it's, like, we're, right we're here. Well, we're the movie. Like, that's, they're, not, they're not coming back here. Like, we're just here for the rest of the movie. Like. No, but you, like, you know, jump the yes. boat on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, jump yeah, onto yeah. the boat. But thing, I'm yes. saying, like. I think, it's when all, they, I think it's all the same location. Yeah. It's all the same location, mm-hmm. right? So that place at the end of the movie, which I think is the same place, is a place called Jimbo's Place. Okay. Okay. 
Great name already. So I'm like researching and Jimbo's place is not there anymore. Okay. okay. So I'm like, okay, like I was, cause I was trying to find where that was to confirm that this is exactly the place that Jimbo's place was because it was in the back of Jimbo's place. You have in the notes it closed in 2012. Okay. But there's a whole bunch of articles about Jimbo's place. Like people fucking love this place. It was like a dive bar, kind of whatever. I'm so I'm trying to figure out like where it was, and I keep finding all these articles. Mm-hmm. So I get this article from the Miami New Times saying Jimbo's place is closing, and a crazy family feud is to blame. Okay, Sweet. and I was like, that sounds interesting. Okay, now I know upon doing the research that Jimbo's place was in downtown Miami. Okay, I don't know what happened, but it kind of got kicked out. And it, when it got kicked out, they moved him to here, and the city of Miami gave him this land rent-free to start this restaurant for as long as he wanted to have it there. Okay. Seems weird to start, right? Weird from the jump. Okay. Can I read you this article? Uh-huh. It's a little long. That's fine. But it might be one of my favorite things that I've ever cool. found doing research here. This is from the Miami New Times. Miami News, New Times, mm-hmm. Jimbo's Place is Closing, and a Crazy Family Feud is to Blame. Miami reacted with horror last week to news that the end is nigh for Jimbo's, the open-air beer and smoked fish joint that's been Miami's weirdest, most beloved hangout for nearly six decades. But no one has told of the Old Testament-style sibling feud, including accusations of drug use, insanity, and theft that's finally killing the legendary spot. Should I continue? Yes. On a sunny Wednesday afternoon on Virginia Key, the ongoing war is easy to see. Like rival generals in a guerrilla camp, brothers Bobby and Bubba Lazarn stew with their allies on opposite sides of Jimbo's place. Mm -hmm. He just sits there and stares at us. Bobby, a gaunt, springly fellow in a baseball cap with a fishing fly attached to it, says of his younger brother, "He he won't quit drinking. Every day there's two bottles of tequila in his trash. Bobby's right hand man Mark Harvinson nods in agreement. He's a burly man in camouflage bucket hat. I smoke a little pot, Mike says, but I've never taken a hit and started beating on someone or started arguing with myself and lost the argument. Mm -hmm. It gets more and more Florida as we go. Mm -hmm. The object of their scorn is a placid bearded guy a few hundred feet away. So they're talking shit like in front of this guy. Okay. Sitting on an overstuffed couch plunked in the dirt. I do like to drink, admits the extremely zen Bubba, a.k.a. Jimmy, a.k.a. James Lazarn Jr., as mm-hmm. if on cue, he swigs from a bottle containing a cocktail of energy drink and tequila. But he's got a whole lot more problems than I do. Bubba's sidekick wants to sum up the situation. Let me put my fucking teeth in, says the man known only as Jamaican Paul, a dude who looks like Willie Nelson in a beret and speaks in an island patois. I'm trying to think as you're reading this, like different names of the episode, and there's already like four or five great ones. Like Jamaican Paul's up there for me. Jamaican Paul's top tier. I know. In Plop the Dentures. This is like in the biblical days, JP announces. <laughs> they call him JP. <laughs> it's a feud for the land. Jimbo's was a promised land, a special land, but now it is just another material place. There is, however, one thing both Bobby and Bubba have in common a mutual resentment for their sister, Gail Arreño who is exercising her power of attorney to close the venerable hangout founded 58 years ago by their ailing 85-year-old father, Jimbo Lazarn. This is genuinely some succession shit. This is three kids. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. She's trying to pull the plug on it, Bobby snaps, and it's none of her business. The three-way family fight spells the end of the storied hot hobo hideaway. 
which throughout its existence has successfully stared down municipal foes. Jimbo's place, along with its lumpy bocce court, collection of impressively lazy dogs, and revolving population of semi-homeless squatters, has been an unlikely backdrop for dozens of big-time beachfront productions, from Flipper to Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. It has won countless Best of Miami awards from this publication, including Best Smoked Fish, a food item that Bubba was arrested for selling without a license last year, and just last September, Esquire named Jimbo's one of the best bars in America. Jimbo's is a grandfathered barnacle in a protected national park, but last Wednesday, Jimbo agreed to return the land to the city of Miami. Given the old man's contentious history with the city, in 2010, he told a reporter he was keeping the bar open out of spite, this last development is sort of like Mexico gift-wrapping Alamo to Davy Crockett. The mess has accomplished what Miami couldn't do for 40 years, <laughs> opined Susan Cross, a gregarious woman who lives at Jimbo's in a broken-down, junk-strenched yacht, junk-strewn yacht. If anybody is going to screw you over, it's going to be family. Mm. Jimbo's place was founded in 1954 after the city evicted Jimbo Sr.'s shrimp operation from downtown waterfront properly, property, currently home to the Miami Herald, which might be the fucking... Can you check the document? Was Jimbo's fish, like, shrimp thing, like, one of the spots that they were in? Is that where they, they do, like, the sandwiches and shit? Uh, Jim, the first time Jimbo shows up in our dock is this minute, so we have not okay. mentioned Jimbo's yet before. Or Miami Herald, maybe? The Miami Herald has newspaper delivery trucks in minute nine, but they have not. Okay. we have not had a location. Okay. As a consolation prize, he was given a rent-free lifetime lease on land nobody really wanted, a small patch of stinky, buggy Virginia Key waterfront adjacent to a sewage treatment plant. City officials probably didn't expect Jimbo to stay for half a century. Shrimping became barkeeping, if that's what you call digging, <laughs> digging for domestic beers from ice coolers. Skyscrapers, skyscrapers sprouted around the bay, but Jimbo's vibe was Key West with a healthy splash of Mad Max. As Jamaican Paul likes to say, Jimbo is Irie. Okay. The trouble began in the mid-thousands when Jimbo, suffering from chronic neck pain and the onset of Alzheimer's, seceded operations to his son Bubba. According to Bobby, his brother's notorious for drinking too much, snorting starter fluid, and getting into fights. Mm -hmm. Bubba calmly downplays the characterization. I think if I drink a little bit of tequila, my mouth gets me in trouble. Bubba hired as a manager a notorious semi-homeless man named Diego. He has since disappeared and could not be located, since so we're not using his last name. Diego raided the cash registers, say Bubba's siblings, and liked to berate customers and spray them with fire extinguishers. He busted my head twice, Jamaican Paul recalls. He had a bit of a drinking problem. I was in the process of getting rid of Diego, Bubba insists. Then in December 2009, Bubba's trailer burned down. There were too many extension cords. It created a fire. Mm. City of Miami project manager Robert Weingreber says the city shut down Jimbo's electricity until the establishment fixed its fire hazards. It never did. Bobby, a handyman and shrimper, staged a coup last September. I found out my brother got the place upside down, he says, and it's a free for all and people are selling drugs. Using Florida's Baker Act... Bobby, who claims his brother is a diagnosed schizophrenic, had Bubba evaluated and committed to a psychiatric institution for 72 hours. Then, a couple of weeks later, he had Bubba committed again. Unfortunately, I hate Mr. Baker, remarks Bubba, who denies he has any mental illness, although I've never met him. Okay. 
Bobby says after wrestling control of the bar, he was able to clean up the place. He tore down the ramshackle buildings and replaced them with shipping containers. On February 20th, Bobby's wife, Jenny Lazarn, wrote a letter to the family demanding that Bubba leave the property by March 30th. She claimed that Bubba, whom she calls Jimmy, was making money through associates selling crack cocaine out of the front door Ooh. of Jimmy's, out of Jimbo's shrimp shack, mm -hmm. and using the drug himself. I refuse to allow anyone in my family, Although, Jenny wrote. Of course, that, that, I want to make sure people know that goes against one of the Ten Crack Commandments. Yeah, don't get high on your own supply. Yeah. All right, keep going. Jenny wrote, to be sacrificed to hide Jimmy's disorder that Jimmy can control if he chose not to drink, not to take drugs, not to sniff starting fluid again, and really takes his medication. Bubba denies any crack trafficking or use or for good measure, whoring out members of the female semi-homeless population, of which he says he's also been accused. Bubba never has been charged <laughs> with... I, I, Wait. Like, I didn't do this shit. I also didn't do this other shit that you didn't say either. It's like, well, no one, no one said you did. Yeah, I wasn't pimping out the homeless women that live on the property either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bubba's never been charged with such crimes. Over the years, he has been accused in court of battery and marijuana possession, as well as a litany of aquatic infractions such as game and fish violations. In turn, he claims Bobby racked up thousands of dollars of charges on Jimbo's corporate credit card by buying tires and dental work for his son. Bobby blames an associate whom he says the car, he, you use the card without his knowledge. Last week, Jimbo's daughter Gail, that bitch, works in who works in yacht sales, officially stepped into the fray. She announced her intent to close Jimbo's. We're looking at the financial end of it, the even-toned Gail says. It's losing money for us. The hope was that the brothers were going to be able to make it work. It's just not proving financially beneficial to my parents. Bobby believes that his sister is worried only about her inheritance, not her father's historic bar. To me, it's sickening. But on Wednesday, Jimbo himself signed a letter to the Mi Miami Mayor Thomas regalado the time has come for me to retire from operating jimbos as i am no longer able to be on the site on a day-to-day -day basis the letter reads i would like to give the site back to the city of miami and to become a city park for public use he added that the family would like some remembrance left at the site for future generations to keep the memory of jimbos alive according to his family he is on a cocktail of pain medication and unable to be interviewed but his wife, 84-year-old Ruby, says of the forfeiture, it had to be. We've lost money since last August. He's 85 years old. It's time for us to move on. Despite the letter, Bobby maintains that Jimbo was coerced into giving up his bar and that the old man learned of his daughter's decision on Monday. He was shocked, Bobby says. But then I dropped some shrimp on him, and he just started peeling shrimp. He loves to peel shrimp. Is that the end of the article? Because that's a great way to end an article. That was the end of the article. Beautiful. It's beautiful. So I, I didn't know if I should read that all to you, but there was so many twists. I don't think I could have summed it up. It's long, but it's succinct and like sniffing starter fluid is well, something yeah, that I've never. Like, it's like n no part of it is like, like, I think you could cut any one part out and it'd be fine. But like all the parts are like the culmination. Weird. Yeah. It's just like you can't cut out one of the things because it makes everything else even weirder that all of this happened in the same family. Yeah. So. The tale of Jimbo's Shrimp Shack mm -hmm. is... Do you want that to be the minute title? I, that could be. I was thinking Florida Man Strikes Back. I, I don't... You know, I like, like the more specific, the tale of Jimbo's Shrimp Shack, because I think Florida Man is just like, it's too... Like, I know that that's what this is, but I feel like that's just too out there already. But the tale or the, the ballad... The ballad. 
of Jimbo Shrimp Shack. Yeah, there we go. The Ballad of Jimbo Shrimp Shack. Made at 91. People would be like, what? Jamaican Paul. <laughs> Jamaican Paul. <laughs> this is like, can you imagine? This is this is top tier. This is what I dream that, like, this would be my dream journalism job, is that you run into this shit. Well, I was thinking that as you started, re- as you started reading them, just like, there are, there are times where you're just like, yeah, I got a good thing. Where somebody just I like. I hit fucking gold. And like, nobody's going to read this. This is in the Miami New Times. It's not like this is going to win you some awards or anything, you know, but like at the same time, like you have to be like, this is probably like the most fun day I've ever had researching shit. Right. He's like, I'm not pimping those girls out either. You're like, who the fuck said anything about that? Like we just were talking about you snorting starter fluid Very with true. Jamaican Paul yep. and spending dental work, like racking up too much credit card debt on the business for tires and dental work. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is coming and going in this yeah. story. Wild. That's good though. That was a good find. Thank you. That's that was my. This was probably one of my favorite things I've ever. This is like for me. This was as much joy as Lance Barnaby. Like I read this article today, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, Lance Barnaby was special in a different way. This is that's what I'm saying. Right? Lance Barnaby is just like someone wrote this. Found something in the movie. This is tangential at the Mm -hmm. at the best, but at the same time, it was like this is chaos. I need to share. Beautiful. Thank you. So my question for this minute has nothing to do with Jimbo Shrimp Shack because I had no idea this was going to exist. No, but the of only not. question that I think, and I think it, it's worthy because neither of us remember, but my question was, who does Roman meet after he ejectos Cito's his passenger? And the answer would be Jimmy. That's a good one, and I'm just going to pitch another one that mm-hmm. I had that I was thinking as I was coming. Where does Enrique tell Brian they're going to go? Oh, Tarpon Point. Tarpon Point, and we could make one of the answers Jimbo's sh- Shrimp Shack. Okay, I think we could do both, because we've had some bad questions, but I think those are both good questions. Okay, cool. Because we could do Virginia Key, because it is there, but it's where does Enrique say Brian needs to go? So what does he says Tarpon Point? Unarguable, not vague. We could do Virginia Key. We could do um, Jimbo's Shrimp Shack. We could also do the Airstrip. The Airstrip, yeah, exactly. Perfect. I love that. Do you like that too? Is that a good one? Mm-hmm. I need a fourth. I need a fourth. Who does Roman meet? We have Jimmy, Suki, Tej, and we just need a fourth one. Monica? Sure. Yeah, it could equally be Suki, Tej. Probably not Monica because I mean, we know well, she's the, on the we boat. We just saw them get arrested, right? So it's probably not them. So Jimmy is kind of like a, it makes sense that it would be that Jimmy's the answer here. But also, but it's like, also weird that Jimmy's the answer it here. Yeah. Like Jimmy should be there, right? I should be like, no, is he there? For how many times we've seen this, it's not. it doesn't make any sense that he's there. I agree. I was also proud of the uh, scripts.com or whatever. Was it scripts.com? Yeah, scripts.com. They spelled Tarpon Point right. I'm just like, ooh, okay. I was wondering if it, like, I Googled it just to make sure it was. I'm just like, I'm not going to go deeper, but I want to make sure it's spelled right in the doc, and it was. So, cool. So then the next thing to do is on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. And I have almost a dozen things here. But, Joe, what do you have? Anything you want to say first that you have found in the last few weeks about the Fast and Furious? I didn't find this, but I want to give a shout out to Tara, who did find this. Tara also joined the Discord, right? So check out the Discord. Yes. Yeah, that's where this news was posted. Mm, Breaking news. Tara said today that um, upon watching uh, Fast X, the Blu-ray, the commentary has some explanation on why Tyrese throws that powder. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, they asked Latere, like, why does Tyrese throw this powder? He goes... Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyrese just really wanted to throw this powder and I had no way to tell him he couldn't. So I tried to like put some chalk boxes around the scene and other scenes to kind of make it make sense. But there's really no reason. It's just that Tyrese 
wanted to throw powder and it, it can't be explained. So the answer is there's no real answer. The answer is Tyrese. Sure. Just just Tyrese. That's the answer. Okay. Because I feel like if it was any other character in that scene, any other actor in these movies, there, there'd be a reason. But just like Tyrese wanted to do it, so... Okay. Yeah, and, he, and I wasn't in... I wasn't in the authority to tell Tyrese he couldn't do it was the answer. So, Sweet. which feels weird on its own, right? Like, that Leteria couldn't be like, no, we're not fucking doing that. Like, this is my movie. Just get out. Like, Tyrese must have been, like, fucking adamant that I'm throwing this powder. But, okay. Yeah. That was my news. Hit us with all the real news. Well, so there's there's sad... It's not really news, but there's the terrible Maui wildfires. And, like... Yes. The only celebrities I've seen speak about it are Momoa and The Rock. And it's just like, oh, like, both... You know, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Of, you yeah. know, island descent and also just like they care. Okay. None, I, have, I didn't order this. I just put this in the order that it came out. Dwayne Johnson blames, quote, vortex of new leadership for Black Adam's sequel decision. It's like, no, man, your movie just stunk. Like, it's it's fine. You don't have to I honestly still it. haven't watched it because everybody was like, this movie stinks. And like, everybody that I like was like, it's not even like good, bad fun. It's just, it just stinks. And I was like, okay, then. Cool. I think Black Adam got caught in a vortex of new leadership, Johnson replied. The film was, Which quote, might knocked be true. down a bit. Yeah. It was so many changes in leadership, he said. Anytime you have a company, a publicly traded company, you have all those changes in leadership. You have people coming in who creatively, fiscally are going to make decisions you may not agree with philosophically. Yeah. However, yeah. DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in future DC multiverse chapters. So they're still just going to let him have cameos in movies, but never give him his own again until yeah. it's Avengers time. And then he's going to show up and they're going to probably try another one and... Okay. Understood. Loud and clear, Rock. Yes. Um, oh, I need to do this. Uh, I haven't done this yet, but if you're out there and you're a patron, Too Fast, Too Forever to Come, and also while I'm doing that, shout out to Cassie Ooh. Wilson, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato D. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom pra Jason Rainey also made new art for Uncle Francis. I don't know if you saw that. It's but fucking it's incredible. No, cool. I told him it's incredible. It's really, really good. Excellent. Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, Michael Moser, Christian Larson, Tara New One, Aaron Willows, and Natalie Absolute, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. But what I was saying, I have not done this yet, but Patreon now lets you publish a subscriber-only podcast on Spotify. So, like, I think if oh, I yeah, verify my Patreon this. account to the Spotify account, it can link the two. So I'm going to do that because right now I think some podcatchers let you add a feed because like if you subscribe on patreon there's like a feed that gives you the thing so you get the bonus episodes you get the episodes early whatever so like instead yep. of just subscribing yep. to the store you get this other feed and now spotify just like lets you have it directly through spotify which is gonna make things easier so i need to do this but that's very cool it came yeah. out like last week i just haven't i just forgot to do it because i it buried in the links but i will do that this week awesome awesome i posted this or maybe i sent this to you screen rant the home of entirely too many clickbait articles posted a thing and i told you like they got my click how old Letty is in every Fast and Furious movie. Okay. And so it's like, okay. So then there's like, there's a lot of text because it's like all either chat GPT or just be, whatever. But like, Letty is 18 years old in the Fast and the Furious. Okay. The original, she's 18. Letty is 25 years old in Fast and Furious, number four. So okay. I think our best bet, and Wes, correct me if I'm wrong here. 
I thought that had retconned things that there's only five years between the first and the fourth, but this is saying there's seven years. Has she aged seven years, maybe, in those five? No. I don't know. Joey, just because they retconned it so that there's five years between it does not mean Letty didn't age seven years, is what you're not understanding. Letty's 30 years old in Fast and Furious 6, so in the four years? It's five. Between those movies, she aged five years. Okay, yeah. Following. Letty's 31 years old in Furious 7. So that movie comes out two years later, but she only ages one year. Okay, makes sense. Letty is 34 years old in The Fate of the Furious. So that came out two years later. And, and three. Three years. Yes. Letty is 36 in F9, which came out four years later. So in four years, she aged two three. years. Oh, two. Okay. Two. She's 38. In Fast 10. So two years, two years. So in the 22 years, so overall, in the 22 years since the first movie, she aged 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Pretty close. That makes sense. That's but close. But none of the steps getting there really track. And where did they get this data from? I have no, I don't know. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to, you know, there's there's entirely too much text on this. Letty Ortiz, played by Michelle Rodriguez, has been an iconic character with her own individuality in a hyper-masculine world. Her age has ranged from 18 to 38, with her character maturing over the years. Letty mm. has had a complex journey. It's not saying, like, like that's the summary. It's not like, hey, these movies don't give a shit about their age. We're going to try to break it down. Just like, would you believe that as time went on, she got older? It's like, do you think? Yeah. Do you think the Indonesian children that they make write these clickbait articles are losing their jobs to chat GPT? Yes. Oh, that sucks. Sorry, kids. Gal Gadot says, being Margot Robbie's first choice for Barbie, quote, warmed my heart. I was very touched. But in one early version of Barbie, because Margot Robbie has been a producer on Barbie for a long, long time. There were many iterations of this movie. And she wanted Gal Gadot to be Barbie. That's cute, but I don't want to see blonde Gal, and I think Barbie needs to be blonde. Not like we're all main Barbie. Though, Barbie. We're I know all we're Barbie. all Barbie. We're all Ken. Nobody's Alan. But... At the same time, I do think that the, the main Barbie needs to be blonde. Gal Gadot is Barbie energy, Robbie told Vogue, because Gal Gadot is so impossibly beautiful, but you don't hate her for being that beautiful because she's so genuinely sincere. She's so enthusiastically kind. It's almost dorky. It's like right before being a dork. Okay. That's cute. Sure. Okay. Next, this is not really about the Fast because there's no Fast and Furious news because strike. Next yeah. news from Variety. Tyrese Gibson sues Home Depot for $1 million over racial profiling details humiliating and demeaning experience. Oh, God, please tell me about this. This this sounds very... T he threw the powder in Home Depot. Nobody knew why. <laughs> Tyrese it's Gibson and his associates, Eric Mora and Manuel Hernandez, are suing the Home Depot for $1 million over what they claim was a racial profiling incident that took place in an L.A. area store. Who does it? Who does it? Even at Home Depot, and like I know it's Tyrese, but who doesn't know Tyrese? Also, like even if you don't know Tyrese, like he he, I'm sure has an aura about him. You're like that guy's somebody, right? Like it's yeah. What does he do? He's not at a Home. Is he just like running this? He I haven't didn't read go this to Home. I, just, I saw the article. Like, okay, I go ahead. The show. Sorry, sorry. Know. Go ahead. Please. The alleged incident took place on the evening of Feb 11. The lawsuit claims the trio were, quote, subjected to outrageous discriminatory mistreatment and consumer racial profile. This also might be a real downer. I don't know. So get ready. I'm strapped in. 
discriminatory mistreatment of consumer racial profiling, Gibson estimates he spent no less than $1 million at various Home Depots over the years. I mean, he built Gib- uh, Gibby Oh, that Hanna, sick-ass right? house. Yeah, Gibby Hanna. Yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. Thank you the for reminding me. The alleged incident involved Gibson and his two associates being held up at a checkout station due to a, quote, purported glitch in the system. The complaint says the glitch prevented them from checking out for 20 minutes before a crowd started to form around them. He decided to leave the store and wait in his car while the other two waited to complete the transaction. According to Gibson, he communicated this plan to Home Depot cashier, who, quote, acknowledged Gibson and said he understood. Quote, Gibson asked the cashier if the cashier needed anything further to complete the transaction. The cashier said no, Gibson could leave. But when Gibson's two associates attempted to use his credit card, the cashier allegedly, quote, refused to complete the transaction. I mean, that kind of makes sense. They were like, do you need anything from me? Not knowing that they're going to use their his credit card. Right. I mean, that's a fraud alert thing. I can just imagine this is just like a poor dumb kid being mm-hmm. like, look, my manager told me I'm not allowed to use anybody's card unless their ID is with them and they're yep. here. The cashier gave no reasonable explanation other than re- repeating store policy and demanded to see ID. The manager refused to speak with Gibson in person. It was only after significant heated discussion with the cashier that he was able to complete the transaction. Quote, the actions of the cashier and manager were discriminatory based on race and origin. There's no other plausible explanation for the mistreatment of the plaintiffs. The transaction was refused despite the repeated authorizations because of plaintiff's skin color and because of their national origin. This is a clear and deplorable instance of discriminatory mistreatment of consumer racial profiling. It was humiliating and demeaning. And Home Home Depot spokesperson said, diversity and respect for all people are core to who we are. We do not tolerate discrimination in any form. We value Mr. Gibson as a consumer, and in the months since this happened, we've reached out to him and his attorney several times to try to resolve his concerns. We will continue to do so. I think that, one, if Tyrese was there, and you know who Tyrese is, and Tyrese is like, people are swarming me now because they realize that Tyrese is here. I'm going to leave my card with these guys. Mm-hmm. Just run the card whenever you get the computers fixed. He has a point. I can also understand a stupid kid working at a Home Depot being like, my manager said, I cannot take any cards unless the person that gives me the card is standing in front of me. It does seem like... This could have been worked out very easily. Mm -hmm. Like, they could have just called him. Tyrese could have ran in and said, like, okay, cool, here, I'll swipe the card. That's me. Mm -hmm. No sweats. And then peaced out. Yep, but, you know. We'll see how it goes. Interesting. Keep us updated. There is a new Gal Gadot movie on Netflix called Heart of Stone. It's an action movie, I think, with her and Jamie Dornan from the Fifty Shades movies. There's a oh, lot of okay. Stuff out there about that. Timothy Oliphant weighs in on how the Fast and Furious franchise might have played out if he accepted Vin Diesel's role. Because you remember, after they did Gone Sixty, he was originally blah 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 blah. Timothy Oliphant talked about turning down the role. The host wondered if the series would have reached its 10th film if he'd played the lead. He responded thoughtfully, quote, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that no, they would not. I haven't seen those movies, but they're so part of the culture, I know what they are, and it feels like part of what makes that fuck? Vin is huge. He's unlike anything out there. I remember thinking, I can't make this work. Why would I be in this at the time? But it seems like they got the right guy. That's fair, but it seems kind of it seems kind of shitty that you're like I haven't watched those movies. You know what I no, mean? No, like, but are I, think you saying, I think he's saying like I haven't seen them, but like even I know about them, and Vin is what makes them special. That that point is fair, but like how petty are you that you're like I won't like I didn't watch them. 
Like you, you haven't seen one at all. I'm on. I'm on. Okay. Tim Fialkin's like one of my favorite actors. I think he's like perfect. Um, I know it's so just I'm a weird quote. Like, why would you say that part? There's a better, funnier quote though. Uh, okay. The 55 year old actor continued by drawing parallels with another action role he took on that, ironically, had also been intended for Vin Diesel. He said, "Quote: I felt the same way when I was doing Hitman, but there I was getting paid. So fuck. Who knows? Also, the movie stinks. So you know what I mean. So. Oh my god. Whatever. Okay. That's yeah. Be funny. Kara. Cara Gellar-Regan, past yes. lap guest of our show, sent yes. me a video on YouTube, or she sent me a link to a YouTube video, of Adam Savage from Mythbusters. There's a thing called What's Wrong With These Products? And he's touring this, like, warehouse factory kind of thing where it's all different foods and magazines and things that look like real products but aren't real products, so they don't have to pay Budweiser. So it's a thing that looks oh, like a Budweiser, like those, but it just says uh, yeah. beer. Yep. Yep, okay, I know, okay. But she sent us this because there is a Corona bottle that says Carano, which she said is pretty funny because Gina Carano in Carano, the movies. Carano, yes, definitely. But also it's very similar, although I think they are Coronas in the movie. They're but Coronas they're, in the movies. In this warehouse, there is a Carano bottle. But what's also funny, the most interesting thing, there's like an 11-minute video on YouTube, there's a thing that they call quiet bags, silent bags, and they're bags of chips that don't crinkle. So it looks like bags of chips. You can put food in there, but they're made of a heavy vinyl. So that like when people are on set and they're eating chips. Oh, so it doesn't make that noise and the microphone picks yes. it up and yeah. And she's like, just imagine. So I said to her, I'm like, that's the most interesting thing to me is these silent bags. That's I never knew about that. Apparently they're sort of like a relatively recent thing where like, I think it was the TV show Martin with Martin Lawrence, like in the nineties that oh, like, wow. they're like, we need to figure out a way to do this. Like it's relatively recent, but she's like, just think every time that Han is eating chips, he's eating out of a silent bag. He absolutely is. Yeah. Tyrese. He's hungry. All those things. Silent so I, thought that was, I thought that was very cool. Very, very cool. I like that. Fast 10 is now out on Blu-ray 4K. I have it now, but it's going to be on Peacock, streaming for free on Peacock, on September 15th. So just about a month from today as we're recording. Oh, Maria's birthday. Happy birthday, Maria. Shout out, Maria. Two other things. Number one, so about that, about the 4K, when I redeem the digital code, there's the bonus X-ray edition, which I think is just a thing that on because Amazon owns IMDb. Oh, X-ray. And the and X-ray, the X-ray I think is there's a the, lot like... of extra features and stuff in there. Oh, so that's really cool. That's cool stuff. Very cool. The other thing I wanted to share was this is from uh, Who Weekly, but apparently Bow Wow has been, I don't want to call the victim of, but the victim of catfishing scams where people pretend on Instagram that they're affiliated with Bow Wow and they reach out to these like small businesses. They're like, hey, I represent Bow Wow. If you send us beer, Bow Wow will put up an Instagram video of him drinking the beer. But like it keeps happening. And who we and they keep using Bow Wow. It's happened specifically like at least Bow wow? two or three times in the last like a couple of months. We're like, I, I, I don't think it's the same. I scam have a suspicion. Let me conspiracy theory. I think that Bow Wow is the one who's doing it and blaming it on other people because we remember when Bow Wow was on that private jet, sitting next to the person that was on that commercial jet, uh-huh. posting the pictures on Instagram. Well, so so the, the the first one, the big one, was that someone acting as quote unquote Bow Wow's manager reached out to an aspiring rapper and was okay. like, "If you cash at me three grand, Bow Wow will send you an MP3 of a verse for your song within two weeks." And so they sent the money, and then they never heard back, and they reached out to Bow Wow. Bow was like, "I have no idea you're talking about." And then so other people started calling in about other stories like. This girl called in to say her brother owned like a microbrewery and like someone reached out and was just like, hey, you know, if you give us, you know, 
three cases of beer or whatever, like of like some kind of craft brew. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And they're like, this probably isn't him, but like on the chance that it is him, whatever. So there's three cases of beer. We're out three. That's not bad. That's not three grand cash. That's three cases of beer. Whatever. They were trying to figure out why Bow Wow. And they're like, he exists. The best guess they had is that he exists at the right level of celebrity where it's like, I don't know. It could be him. Like, he might be it's charging perfect. three grand. And yeah. also, it might be that, like, he's at the right kind of, like, fame for people of a certain age where, like, older or younger don't know him and don't care. But, like, But people, if you hit, like, millennials. Yes. Our specifically. Age, like, I remember him. It would be cool to have Bow Wow talk about my beer or be on my track or whatever, right? And, like, so it's, like, this specific, like. And you go to his Instagram. He does have a bunch of followers. Mm-hmm. He does post mm-hmm. a lot. So you'd be like, yeah, like it, maybe it is Bow Wow. But it's, it's just funny that it's like, you know, not that he's like a core part of the Fast and Furious, but he's in two movies, but just like, okay. Like whenever like whenever they talk about one of the actors, I'm like, all right, you got my attention now. Um, but it's just funny that like he's, like there's no real answer, just like it, it could happen like any actor, any celebrity, any whatever of any kind of like stature, but like he's at the right level of like sort of fame and especially for people of a certain age, which is like, yeah, that could be him. I don't know what he's been doing. Like he was in Fast Ten, but like he couldn't gotten paid or Fast not F nine, but like probably didn't get paid a ton of money. So like he's probably got residuals from other stuff. But like yeah, maybe I'll sing a rap on, or he'll do a verse on my song. I don't know. Maybe a lot of those a lot of those rappers do do that. Like that's a very very common thing. Like he and he was a musician. Like he he did have a rap career. Yeah. So it, it's not it's not that far fetched. So I thought that was pretty funny. But you know, so I will funny, yeah. I will keep an eye out for the Home Depot racial profiling thing. A lot of just, like, scattered. Like, I feel like for uh, last couple episodes, we're like, nothing going on. There's the strike. And then here, it's just like, everyone's doing shit that doesn't make any sense. Weird shit. Yeah. So. Jimbo's Jimbo's Shrimp Shack. Oh, also, Gal Gadot was on Hot Ones promoting the movie. Yeah, I didn't watch it yet. I didn't see it yet. It's on my YouTube. I'm catching up on YouTube. When I was away, which I think Lane Lane said it was, like, not great. Or somebody somebody in the Discord... I think that's the thing. Like, I think with the Margot Robbie quote, like, it's, she's kind of too earnest. Like, it's not, like, you kind of need to be, like, weird. Tell me about her mac and cheese. You guys were talking about the mac and cheese in Discord. So this is also the weekly thing. So she was, like, the chief taste officer. I think that title's been erased from the Goodles. Because it's it's noodles with a G. It's called Goodles. 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 Okay. And it's, like, it's, it's societally beneficial, whatever, like, mac and cheese for good or whatever. Like, environmentally good, like... I think it's, like, they donate the proceeds or whatever, but, like, instead of, like, a craft okay. mac and cheese box for, like, 99 cents or $1. thirty or whatever, it's, like, three bucks. But they're really good. Is it they a have, box? Like, it's a box. Like, it's the, it... same, it's the same box size as the craft mac and cheese box. Blue box blues. But they have, like, five or six different flavors. Like, they have, like, a uh, cacio e pepe. They have, uh, like, a Asiago cheese. They have, like, a thing with bacon. They have, like, a bunch of different I'm gonna flavors. I'm going to have to try this. They're all good. Okay. Okay, you tried a couple of them? Good. I okay. tried everyone that I could find. There's one or two that I've seen online that I can't find. Um, but, like, they have them at Target. Like, somebody's like, I haven't seen it at a grocery store. I'm like, I, I don't see it at grocery stores either. I see it at Target. So they're out there. Like, they're, I think they're nationally distributed, but, yeah. Just to Target. Okay. It was just funny. Just, like, someone, like, called into Who Weekly again about this mac and cheese that was being, like, spawned. Because, like, Gal Gadot was, like, posting mac and cheese. And I'm like, why are you posting about mac and cheese? It's like, oh, because she, like has a financial stake in the company or whatever, right? So Yes, yeah, they gave her some kind of cuts or promotion money, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Okay, but that's cool. So check out Goodles, G-O-O-D-L-E-S. I love box mac and cheese. It's like one of my favorite things ever. So it's delicious. I, spe- I still, like, I like Annie's, but I'm not above the box of craft either. Box dude. craft is sometimes, delicious, man. Sometimes you just need that good orange mm-hmm. fake cheese powder. Yep. That's all the news, though. I mean, again, weird batch of news, but a lot of news, but, you know. It was fun, yeah. 
Good one. Anyway, too fast, too forever.com for the Patreon early access to every episode. We got a couple bonus episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. So check that out too fast, too forever.com. A dollar a month gets you in the door if you want to go join over there. Too fast, too forever. We also and, you get, a- and you get special Discord privileges. Anybody can join the Discord, but only the patrons want to join the Discord. Everybody else is like, mm, we're good. We're and good. you get special privileges. Mm, you do get a special color and access to kind of a paywall. The after dark mm-hmm. chat. We have an email address, family at cageclub.me. So Michael Moser sent in two car pictures, which oh I'm yeah, he, he warned us. Future. Yes. Okay, perfect. We got a comment on our episode about the wives he forgot on YouTube. And this is from two PC Percy, like two piece Percy. And I don't know what this means. I mean, I don't think this person watched, quote unquote, watched the video because they say, wow, I loved it. He deserved the he deserved the end scene really. So ungrateful of him, smiley face. Okay, so they were commenting on the movie, not our episode of Uh-huh. Perfect. I like that though. That's better than Motor Mouse. That's a step up. It is, but it's also like you didn't watch this. They're like they saw this and they're like, I need to share my thoughts about this somewhere. I'm not gonna go to IMDb. I'm not gonna go to Call Sheet, which is a new app. I don't think you can comment on there, but it's a new sort of streamlined casting thing. I'm oh, gonna yeah. search on YouTube for the wives he forgot and just comment on that video. Are we even the top video? I hope that we're not. Ooh, hold on. I hope that we're like the fourth video. And then go see if Percy has commented on every wives he forgot video. Ooh. Is it just like We're not even Oh, okay, we're on the first page. So if you search the wives he forgot Full movie, I think the whole movie's on there, posted by Great Movies Action, 211,000 views. It was posted four days ago. It's got 200,000 views. So, When did this comment come? Four days ago. So maybe they watched another video, but they, they could have commented on that. And then there's a clip from the movie, a bunch of Key and Peele things. Supposedly, a year ago, the entire movie posted. And then Time Traveler's Wife, more Key and Peele, and then us. But our video has 1,400 views, which... If you ever looked at our YouTube metrics, which are not public, but it's like we have like early Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Have Tokyo like Drift. 600,000 views. And the yeah. average duration of a watch is like two and a half seconds. People are just like, oh, not the movie. But there's certain videos where they click on it so much. And the average watch on almost all of our videos is awful because people are like, oh, not the movie. And they click away. Yeah. But some of them have like six views. And some have 600,000 views. Yeah. I wish I wish Mr. Tweet would give us a cut of our revenue share for all that content. <laughs> that we're g- Mr. X? We sh- Mr. X, yeah. Is this not the biggest pyramid scam grift ever that, like, that he's, like, and, like, gets everybody to post, like, I made $17,000 this month on on. Mm-hmm twitter mm-hmm. and he's like wow this is so great and you're like you only have to pay eight bucks a month to get the ability to yep. do it mm-hmm. that we might cut you in so that tokyo trip one has eight hundred thousand views into the blue has three hundred thousand views those first two have, have we've had a copyright claim so we can't monetize the no views that we get or the, you know the no time machete kills is one hundred forty thousand. herbie fully loaded one hundred thirty thousand. but like if you look at like the the likes like there's like hundreds of likes in these videos but like the ratios are all like 70 percent just like which still seems too high. I don't know why you're whatever. It's wild. It's our Fun YouTube times. is the weirdest thing that we do because like Fun times, yep. Whatever. All right. That's Not wrong. the movie Motor Mouse. Um so this is from Nameless 02666. This is no name. 
I'm sorry for bothering you. No bother. But I've been watching Never your podcast bother. and I love them. I want to provide you something that might be helpful for your podcast. And they sent two YouTube videos. Michelle Rodriguez interview refusing to cross lines to make it to Hollywood. And Michelle oh, cool. Rodriguez on wait, wait, don't tell me. So I'm going to put these in Messenger for us to watch later. Awesome. These okay. are two cool things to share, which is cool. And they say, sorry for not using my real email. Tongue out emoji. But yeah, cool. We'll check them out. Thank you. No sweat. Absolutely no sweat. I don't think it was. I don't. I do not think it was Rachel. Not because I don't think she's watching Michelle Rodriguez YouTube videos. If I had to guess, maybe you never know. Next email from Wes. Subject line: Snakes on a plane and other stuff. What's up, Wes? What up, fam? I've been meaning to write in for a while, but my schedule's been kind of out of control, so I don't know if I'll get this to you in time for the next Life in the Fast Lane. Well, you, you did. did. Because there's always another one, so it doesn't matter Although when you, you write sent it. This, maybe we record that one early. We record that one early because we had to record the bonus episode before. Anyway, my schedule been kind of out of control, blah, blah, blah. I guess you'll get to it when you get to it. Snakes on a Amen. Plane is great, he says. I remember the internet hype for it. Well, this was a bonus episode, right? Snakes on a Plane? Someone I don't requested remember. It. Oh, yeah, not Michael Moser. Michael Moser definitely yes. did not request it. That's right, yeah. So I'm still, still going to read the, the email about this because about other stuff, too. I remember the internet hype for it while it was in production. That movie is what I consider the epitome of a MySpace movie. You mentioned hype building for it on Facebook, but this is actually the brief time after dial-up before Facebook. Firmly the MySpace era, which was a strange time on the internet to say the least. My fun story is that we went to the opening night screaming of the Draft House, South Lamar, met Quentin Tarantino outside, and got a oh, picture damn. of him. Very we also cool. got a bucket of Sam Jackson's Badass Ale, a Sam Adams parody beer. I'm going to send you a picture because he attaches a picture here. So I'm going to send you a picture on Facebook. Hold on. Oh, I totally remember the the like memes of Sam Jackson's Badass Ale. And we still have two bottles in our liquor cabinet. That was back in the days when Alamo was still small enough that they could get away with silly things like that and not worry about lawsuits. They also did a filmmaking contest called Blanks on a Blank, where they gave teams a random animal and random mode of transportation, and then contestants would shoot a short film using that prompt. We still have a DVD of, I think, oh. 20 best ones. They were mostly terrible, but there were a few standouts. And so he puts in two pictures here, the front and the back of the DVD, Blanks on a Blank, and they have a bunch of different things in here. Um, like he has raccoons on a space shuttle, eagles on a chariot, oh, yeah. sloths on a tank, cows on a popemobile, pigs on a bicycle. I bet this is pretty fun, actually. They're probably like, even if it stinks, it's probably, you know, probably like three minutes long, right? You just on to the next one. Yep. Mrs. West and I were the perfect age for Keenan to be a major draw in this movie as well. I picked Good Burger, spoilers, for one of my upcoming lap picks after all. He says, I'm glad you talked about the theme song. It wasn't exactly my genre. Mrs. West and I still love the song and the fact that they weirdly included the music video in the movie. Love it. I did it. a little Top research, tier. and it seems like Cobra Starship is or was a real band. Yeah, they're a real band. But when that song came out, it was essentially an emo pop scene supergroup, which is how I remembered them. I guess it was just because the main guy hadn't filled out the rest of the roster yet that the label made a deal for him to do a song on the soundtrack. It was all part of the my specification of the movie. Insane. Perfect. On that note, movie themes in general are a dying art and should be reintroduced. There's a show on Netflix called Love, which is Paul Russ and Gillian Jacobs, and they would do, there's a, a running bit that they would write theme songs for movies that didn't have them. Like, they wrote one for Carlito's Way, so just, you know, okay, it's pretty funny. A friend of ours hosts Power Pints once a month at Highball, which is 
there might be other ones, but I know that they're like attached to draft houses. When okay. anyone can sign up to give a five or ten minute PowerPoint presentation on anything, and at the end of the night, everyone votes on their favorites. Occasionally, he'll start things off, and one month he did a presentation on movie plot theme songs. He has a whole playlist. My favorite is Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Great movie, great song, agree already, which is so good and has two different theme songs. Mrs. West bought me that one on vinyl is worth every penny. Here's the link to the playlist. There's a Spotify link here. Oh, very, very cool. He says, I also really enjoyed Jay as a guest. Jay was on our Fast and Furious number four episode. He puts in parentheses yep, yep, yep. the anti-Mark. He doesn't have the same, because they're co-hosts, he doesn't have the same enthusiasm for these films, but I feel like his brain works a lot like mine in many ways. That being said, I really enjoyed the thought of putting F and F in alphabetical order, so here's my attempt. It's okay. complicated <laughs> by the fact that some of the multiple titles, including stylized versions, but I've gone with the titles from IMDb, which I think are as close to the, quote, official ones as you can get. Okay. And then there's two different versions here. So the first one, Too Fast, F9, Fast and Furious, number four, Fast and Furious 6, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious, comma, The, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, comma, The, Fast 5, Fast 10, or X, Fate of the Furious, comma, The, Furious 7. Okay. If you start with the at the beginning, it shifts things a little, but I'm with Jane that you shouldn't start alphabetizing articles. Move those thes and a's to the end. Anyway, this is what you do with the wrong way, and then just the original three and fate go to the end. That's all for now. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Well, thank you, Wes. Thank you, Wes. That was fun. I also read that out loud. Like, we should have maybe saved that for Patreon, because we usually read emails about Patreons on the Patreon episodes, but I was like, oh, he sent in rankings. Not rankings. Alphabet- uh, alphabetical. So, you know, but... Fun. I like it. It was fun. Yeah. Larson sends in two emails. These are our last two for the day. One of them is about crazy credits. That's the second one. We teased that on the last episode. Oh, yeah. You did tease it. Okay, go ahead. First up, first email, Shark Week. What up, Joe and Joey? What up, Larson? How are you doing, bud? I've been meaning to sit down and write in ever since I saw Fast 10, but life kept getting in the way. By now, everything I have to say has already been said, so I'll just talk about how bummed I am it didn't do better, I'm guessing financially. Yeah. Probably. I work at an independent movie theater and was super psyched about the arrival of Fast 10. I created a pre-show video of famous car chases and film, and we ordered a bunch of cases of Corona for the concession stands. It ended up getting knocked from its theater by Guardians of the Galaxy in its third week, and we ended up with a bunch of Corona on our hands. I loved it. I'm sure it'll make money overseas, but it's sad I had to watch it in a theater with, like, two other people. Oh. I loved hearing you guys talk about Jaws. I read the book last summer, and there are a lot of interesting things from it the film leaves out. The book is just as much about class as it is about the shark, the townies who live and work in the beach town. In the book, it's supposed to be more like Montauk than Martha's Vineyard, and the, quote, summer people or college people who own everything. Hmm. Sheriff Brody's a townie who managed to get one of the, quote, summer people to marry him. That's interesting. And as a result, there's always an underlying tension. That tension is exacerbated when Hooper comes to town, a, quote, college boy whose family Uh. belongs to same clubs as Brody's wife. Brody's very jealous, but wonders if he's being paranoid. He's not, though. Hooper totally ends up banging Brody's wife. Needless to say, it's not all laughs and smiles for Hooper and Brody at the end of this version. Yeah. This actually Holy sounds shit. like no hard feelings, a Jennifer Lawrence thing, where it's like she's a local and they have all these like rich people coming in and like basically gentrifying the town. She's like, get the fuck out of my town. So similar, but you know, with a shark. Yeah. 
Larson goes on, although he's still a rich, confident, quote, college boy, the portrayal of the mayor in the book is much more sympathetic. It turns out the mafia is heavily invested in Amity real estate, and as the shark crisis worsens and Amity becomes abandoned, they drain the mayor's savings and threaten his family. By the end of the book, he's a shadow of his former self and on the verge of suicide. This is a wild-ass version of this. I can't believe Mark didn't bring this up. I'm sure he's read the book. I would guess so, but I don't know. Also, Mark has enough. He's never talked about Jaws on a podcast before. He had ideas about the movie itself. You know what I mean? So, Oh, that's very fair. Yeah, true. Also, I know Joe is a huge Lifetime fan, so I wanted to yes. see if he was familiar with the Stalker's Prey series. You know Stalker's Prey? I do know Stalker's Prey. It's yes. the usual formula, he says. Handsome, nice guy. Seems perfect, but then people start dying. There's a concerned best <laughs> friend and a skeptical cop and glasses of wine and a dramatic confrontation that takes place in a tastefully appointed kitchen. And of course... Someone gets bonked on the head along the way, but there's also <laughs> CGI sharks. The creepy dude has a weird what? bond with them, and they often assist in his dastardly schemes. It's like a horror franchise where the bad guy seems all but dead at the end, but keeps coming back under increasingly absurd circumstances. Another example of this is Lifetime's Stalked by My Doctor series, starring Eric Roberts, who was nominated for an Academy Award in 1985 for his performance in Runaway Train. That's all for now. It's great to be back in the family. Can't wait for the next ep, CL. Thank you, Larson. I need to go watch the Stalker Prey series. I've seen it on, but I haven't um, watched any of those ones. But that sounds Gotta fun. Do and it. It, sounds like, it sounds like it's time for spoopy season anyway. So. And what better way than to Sharks. watch 31 Sharks. shark movies on Lifetime? Exactly. Crazy credits. He says, oh, uh, one more thing to be read in the Columbo voice. Crazy Credits on IMD was originally created to keep track of unusual items found in a movie's credits crawl, mostly in comedy films like those by Monty Python and Zucker Brothers, but also in other more legitimate films. The first instance was probably an airplane. Spoilers. That's our next Patreon bonus episode. Oh, yeah. Where Adolf Hitler is listed as, quote, worst boy. But here are some other examples. Oh, that makes. Thank you, Larson. That makes so much sense. That is like fun time sneaking. Sneak in, like, yeah, sneak, snuck in stupid credits that aren't actually credits. Okay, that makes sense. Producer Robert Weiss's divorce attorney is credited in the crawl of the naked gun. Pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Kevin Smith thanks his parents for, quote, having sex all those years ago in Mallrats. Makes sense, yeah. The credits of Hot Shots contain two recipes, as well as a list of suggestions for things to do after the film. Oh, fun. Prince Charles and Princess Diana, who were recently married, are congratulated in the credits of American Werewolf in London. <laughs> Moose choreography is listed in the credits of Life of Brian. Okay. Audiences are warned that droids will enforce anti-piracy measures during the credits of RoboCop. Interesting. After the special thanks section in Scream, quote, no thanks whatsoever is given to the Santa Rosa school board who refused to let the production shoot in their town. Ah, okay. He says, Crazy credits have been near and dear to my heart since I was a kid, and it hurt me to hear them so disparaged on a podcast I hold in such high regard. I hope I've educated you a bit, although you were right. Pretty much everything listed as crazy credits for the FNF films is kind of bullshit. CL. Yeah, thank look, you. That I, was the point, Larson. Yeah. It was disappointment for us on their, yeah, what it's meant for. Where there's good ones? I love it. This is a this is a high case of, of Joey wanting, where I agree, Joey wanting things to be in their appropriate places. This needs to be actual crazy credits. Mm -hmm. And, like, if there's none for a movie, there's none for a movie. But don't list, like... They use orange fonts. Right. The cars go sideways. It's like, I don't give a shit. 
That's yeah, not a crazy credit. That's not a crazy credit. Larson, thank you for clarifying what it's actually meant to be because that makes way more sense. For understood. upholding the integrity of crazy credits. Yeah, excellent. M- much, much better. I now yes. have new res- newfound respect for crazy credits. I agree. Yeah. That's all the emails. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we'll read on the next Life in the Fast Lane. Or if it's about a Patreon episode, we'll read on the next Patreon episode. So do that. Family at cageclub.me. We've got a store, cageclub.me slash shop. Nothing there new still, but, you know, we'll get there. But, Joe, the final thing before we close up shop and come back next week for Fast and Furious 6. And it's going to be a, it might be a long segment because I, I did stuff. Extracurricular activities. Joe, what have you been up to in the last three weeks? Um, the main thing that I did, okay, I have, like, a main thing that I did, which was I went to Cuca Lake to hang out with Rachel's parents. How do you spell Cuca? K-E-U-K-A. Cuca Lake, I think. It's in the Finger Lakes in New York, and, uh, it was awesome, and we went with them, uh, they have, like, they spent, like, they spend, like, two weeks up there, or at least a week, probably two weeks up there, mm-hmm. so we went up just for, like, the weekend, uh, got to dick around on a boat, uh, drink a lot, um, normal stupid lake stuff, the houses are fucking awesome, apparently cool. it's, like, all this, uh, like, it was owned, like, all the properties were owned by people that, like, worked at Corning, like, Corning, glass, and plastic, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, buy yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of Corning stuff for the lab, so... Right. It was kind of interesting to see that. Um, oh, fuck. Who else? We went to go see a concert while we were there, and it was, um, shit, what is it? Uh, the the Guess Who. Oh, okay. But not The Who. The Guess Who. Right, The Guess Who. Who, who sang the song. The Guess Who's on first. The, uh, no Sugar Tonight and My Coffee. You know this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got to see them perform, which was fun. Did they do the original American Woman? Yes, they absolutely that did. That crabs covered, right? Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely did. So it was them too. So we got to hear that, which was pretty wild. Oh, uh, but that's all that, like, I I think that's pretty much all that I did. I've been, like, dicking off and, like, watching the end of baseball and football season's kind of starting with camp and stuff like that preseason. So, uh, but the, oh, the main thing that I did watch that I really liked was we did watch Twisted Metal on Peacock. Is the whole thing out? The whole thing came out all at once. Okay. I know that Wes started it, and he said it's exactly what you expect it to be, but that's all I know about it. I was really curious about it because I played a lot of Twisted Metal. Did you play a lot of Twisted Metal? No, because I, I... It's I like friend not. groups. It's like it's it's just like a click. Like, you guys either played it or you didn't. You know what I mean? It's I played it at other people, and then I got a PlayStation. We just, like, I just... Because I was... Before I was old enough to, like, have money to buy games, I think I just, you know... My dad just didn't buy it. You know, my parents just didn't buy that game for me, whatever, you know? Yeah. So. But I've played it a little bit, but no, you know, no. It was in the rotation of Gran Turismo kind of mm-hmm, shits mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. we played that we would always play in the summer, all summer. And so I really liked it. And I was like, I don't know how this game is going to be a show. There's no really plot. It's just a fucking demolition derby with like weapons. It's like 12 year old right. boy fodder, right? Like that's yes. what this yep. is. Um, so I was like trying to pitch it to Rachel and I was like, uh, I guess like the main character is kind of a scary clown. She hates scary clowns. And I was like, it's a game that's like a demolition derby with cars and there's just like a bunch of weapons, but like, I don't know what the show is going to be. Right. We watched it. She loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It's really fun. It's like, it takes itself the right amount of unseriously. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it just has, what's it about? Like, what is it? Because it's on Peacock, right? It's on Peacock. It swears. 
It's like very Ooh. much more show. No, but I mean, you know, like I was expecting it. Like it could go, it could go any fucking way. I didn't know which way it was gonna go. Anthony Mackie's the main character. Uh, the girl from Encanto, like the like the main girl's voice from Encanto. She's the other main character. Okay. Oh, Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah, from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and uh, fuck, Will Arnett is the voice of Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church is in there as Agent Stone. So it's live action. It's live action. Yeah. But the cars have personality? No, no, no. It's not like Transformers or anything. It's like the people driving the cars and the cars have just have weapons and they're just different shaped cars. Wait, was Sweet, it was, well, who was Sweet Tooth? He was like the main boss and was like a scary clown that drove an ice cream truck and was a pedophile. Okay. Because Samoa Joe plays Sweet Tooth, but Will Arnett's the voice of Sweet Tooth. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Okay. But the show is kind of about like... So it's completely a made-up story that I don't think fits, like, the lore that they built in the game, which was none. But, like, Anthony Mackie is, like, a delivery man that in, like, this apocalyptic world, there's still cities that have all kind of shut down. And Anthony Mackie is, like, a delivery guy. Like, he'll drive from city to city and drop off things as, like, a for-hire delivery guy. So he can bring you something from Chicago because the roads are all fucked with, like, vigil- gotcha. yep. like yep. just chaos. And uh, the show was excellent. I really, really liked it. We finished it. Sweet. It was awesome. Check it out if you haven't. It, I was skeptical because, like I said, I didn't know what the story was going to be, but it turned out to be really fun. The jokes were good. The episodes were good. Like, it was fun. So give it a shot. I will also say, not related to that, but I, as I was looking it up, I told you about this. There's a new app called Call Sheet, one word, yes. C-A-L-L-S-H-E-E-T, which strips out a lot of the nonsense of IMDb. Also, like, what I, when I'm tired about IMDb, and I understand because it's a commercial product, is that, like, there's, like, ads all over the place. And, like, on computer, it blocks it out, but the computer redesign's terrible. But, like, on phone, on, at least on iOS, might be on Android, too. Call sheet. And, like, you can just, it basically it's just. Show me. Put it up real mo- quick. Movies and shows that people have been. So this is, come on, camera. There we go. So, like, it's just, like, it's the actors who are in it. And then, like, you just tap on a thing and, like, it's the things they've been in. But, like, that's basically it. Oh, awesome. Like, it's, okay. It's, it's super the stripped down, the stripped down IMDb. Okay. And as I'm looking here, what you can do is you can also do hide spoilers. So, you can hide, like, cast character names oh. or episode counts. Or, so, like, you're like, I don't want to know how many more episodes of Breaking Bad I have, but, like, I need to know who this actor is. And so, like, you can hide how many episodes they've been in Excellent. or whatever, like, in case they awesome. die. And just, like, super easy, super streamlined. And call like, sheet. I'm gonna pitch this to Rachel because she's big into this and she hates doing it because she's always like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to know if they die or if they're in the next 20 episodes or what." Yeah. And you can also like it also links to Wikipedia if you want or the website for the show or the movie or whatever. And also it has just watch built in, so you tap on that and it's like, "Oh, it's oh on very Peacock, cool." Premium with ads or subscription, whatever. So like it's super easy, super cool, awesome. Um, one of the tech sites I follow for work posts about this. I'm like, yeah, sweet. So it's one of those things where I'm like. Once you get on a thing, like, I like to poke around a little bit, and, like, it doesn't have anything else by design. But it's just like, oh, but, like, if you're just looking for, like, who this person is, what they've been in, the, the one no thing The no-spoilers thing is awesome. Go yes. Ahead. The one thing that I don't love about it is it doesn't have a top four, like, on IMDb, which, like, doesn't always help. But it's just, like, I know this guy from something, and, like, usually, like, half the time, it's like, oh, it's in there? This is Understood. So, like... It's not for my brain, that, but like, it's fine. That works for you. But like the thing that I know him from is like that one episode of Seinfeld. Right. So you can just keep scrolling back or whatever. Yes, exactly. Anything else you've been up to or no? No, I think that about sums it up. I, that was that was a good memory of what I did. Cool. For me. Well, I'll save the big thing for next. But in the last week, Mike and I have been catching up on some episodes of podcasts we've done that we have not done. So like Nicolas Cage was in The Flash. So we did an episode. Spoilers. Uh, but that came out 
two months ago, and that was spoiled for us a month in advance. But we're like, how long should we wait? And we're like, this is going to be a 15-minute episode. Let's just do this 15-minute episode. Charlize was in Doctor Strange 2 in the credits, so we did that. And then we did the new movie War Pony, directed by Riley Keough, who is Elvis' granddaughter, and so we did that for Viva Pod Vegas. So, like, we have this, like, list of, like, things we're going to catch up on. Was it good? Is Riley yeah, Keough in it? War Pony? Or did she no, just... no, no. It's nobody you know. It's all indigenous actors. Oh. Um, I, that's, I, I didn't it. know she what it was about based on the wrote title. and directed it with her best friend and two guys that she met while making American Honey. And it feels like American Honey and it feels like Reservation Dogs. Um, so okay. it's not streaming anywhere for free. You can rent it for like four or five bucks. I bought it on Amazon for 15 because I'm, like, I'm probably going to love this. And I did. But it's great. And so we did an episode about that. For Very cool. Okay. Elvis. Also, before that, I saw Carly Rae Jepsen in New York. So I've seen Carly now seven times. I'd never seen her in New York. And it was great. And cool. I think I've told you, you've seen, because also, because Brian stole it. Um, but I have the custom Carly jersey that I had trying to The Rays make. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember. I've worn this every single time I've seen Carly. So maybe six times since I bought the jersey. Yep. And no one... Almost no one gets it. Okay. Because like yeah. the backstory is that she threw out a first pitch of the Rays like ten years ago and she like doinked it like right at the mat. Like she like just spiked it right. It was a terrible first pitch. I want to support her and I want to show people that I'm a fan of her, but like most of her merch is marketed towards either gay dudes or women. Like it's, it's an aesthetic that like I don't really jive with. Yeah, fair. And so I'm like, I want to have something, so I made this. And so I wear this and people just like what is that about? Like, I don't. Is that her? Is that another place? Like, they don't. They, yeah, they're just confused. Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like ten people, non exaggeration, be like, "That rules." I heard a girl like a- after the show walking by talking about like baseball reference, and she like turns and she's like, "I'm so I have to ask, is that because of the first pitch?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "That's hundred percent it." Yeah, but like so many people in New York got it, and I'm like, "Hell yeah, New York yeah. rules." Okay, but the big thing I did was. I traveled out west because one of my favorite bands, Boy Genius, who the internet, as Joe loves to tell me, says, I can't go see. The internet tells Joey, as a dude, he should not have bought tickets. Even straight women shouldn't go to the show. No. It's not music for you. Stop buying the tickets. Boy Genius is a super group made up of three queer singer-songwriters, all women. Uh, and they're all great solo, and I love them solo, and they make this band. They had this EP that came out like five-ish years ago, and they put an album this year, and they're touring, and so I saw them with a friend in New York, but they were playing Red Rocks in, or outside Denver, yes, and they were playing a bunch of other shows, but the reason I was just like, oh, I need to go see them is because the opener on this leg of the tour was this band Illuminati Hotties, who I love. Who you've talked who about before, yeah. Brooklyn, and I also saw in Atlanta, yep. Shaky Knees. Yep. And then on a special three-date thing between those two artists was Carly Rae Jepsen. 100%. And so instead yep. of like seeing a band that I love with an opener I don't know or I don't like or whatever, I'm like... Which is, has its own merit, but Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Although every... Like Radiohead is my favorite band, and every sync... No offense... If any of these artists are listening, they have like the weirdest non-traditional music. Like this guy made like when I when I saw the smile, which is like a Radiohead spinoff project, he was like looping nature sounds and like just like it was it was challenging what it wasn't James music. (laughs) No, it was just like this is all right. Um, so like I love Radiohead, but I don't need to see their openers. But this, I'm just like. There are three artists who are like that I love, yeah. Objectively in my top five favorite artists, like yep. current. Yep. They're all in the same bill. 
and I'm like, I want to go to Red Rocks. I want to go on vacation. I want to tour these cities, whatever. So Excellent. I flew out to Seattle. And there's this, I sent you the picture. There's the Gorge, which is, yeah, which a lot of my friends go to. Yeah, yeah. Was a bucket list venue until I started telling people about it. They're like, it hey, is. this is amazing. No, it's it's like a top tier. Yeah, it's actually like uh, Rachel's cousins got married like very, very near the Gorge or maybe in the Gorge, like the same park, like at some place. But go ahead. I flew out to Seattle, got a rental car because the Gorge is two and a half hours from Seattle. Yep. And I was trying to figure out if there's a way to get there on public transport. There's basically not. You just, you drive it. You got it. And it's it. like in the middle of nowhere. You drive through the mountains east of Seattle and you wind up in this, like literally the middle of nowhere. And there's like this huge grassy lot. You park there and you like walk into this venue. And then all of a sudden you crest the hill and there's just like an amphitheater, a, a natural amphitheater. Yeah. And there they, they built a band shell and it's just in front of like the most amazing, beautiful, natural backdrop you've ever been. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so, like, after I saw that, like, Red Rocks was cool, but this okay. was just, like, next level. Like, Red Rocks was amazing. Like, without this, I would have been like, Red Rocks is the coolest thing. But, like, I saw the Gorge and just, like, Gorge fucking rules. Okay. Um, I've only – I've never been to the Gorge. I've been to Red Rocks, though, and I think Red Rocks is incredible as a venue. It's, like, just fucking mind-blowing. Red Rocks is super, super cool, but the Gorge is, like, it's just – it's stupid how, like, it shouldn't exist. Like, Red Rocks also kind of feels like it shouldn't exist. Like, it's just, like, let's go up in a mountain and just build a band shell there, like, between yep. big cliff faces. But, like, the Gorge was wild. Um, the only bummer was the crowd were into the openers. They all knew Carly for the most part, but, like, no one really knew the hotties. And so, like – I was super into it, but it, it was different from seeing them, like, at a festival or, like, at one of their shows where, like, everyone knows the music. It's just, like, they're just kind of, like, politely listening and, like, whatever. Yes. I'm just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the energy's kind of lacking, but whatever. But anyway, in Seattle, had a lot of good food. I went to the original Starbucks, which is fine, just kind of like a tourist trappy kind of thing that you, sure. like, wait an hour. But I'm just, like, while I'm here, why not? Um, I also went to, on the way out to the Gorge... I went to the hotel that overlooks the waterfall from the beginning of Twin Peaks. Oh, very cool. I don't know cool. if you've seen, but there's like the yeah, beautiful yeah. that. And then also like 10 minutes from there is a little diner that is featured heavily in Twin Peaks. Yep. And the yeah. food is fine. The service is awful because they just don't give a shit. But like it's cool to be in there. Whatever. Very cool. Yes. I went to a the Museum of Pop Culture, which is super cool. It's like half music, half movies, and there's just all sorts of cool stuff like movie props and guitars and whatever, and just like super, super cool. Very fun. I also went to – what else in Seattle? I went to the cemetery where Bruce Lee was buried. I sent you a picture of that, I think. Oh, yes, you did. You did send me a picture of that. The very he's, cool. He's buried next to his son, Brandon Lee. They both died way too young. Yep. I also went to a very fancy Starbucks called Starbucks Reserve, which was also kind of, I'm just like, I just give me cold brew. Like, I was just like, God, let me try it while I'm here. And I'm like, whatever. Did they have like um, special went, menu items or is it just like fancy? No, looking? they have a special, I had a cold brew flight, which was like a bourbon barrel aged cold brew. There's like a oh. special nitro cold brew. And there's oh. a third one. I'm just like, just give me the regular one. I'm, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, I went to a Mariners game, which out there, I'd never been to T-Mobile. So that was the 24th current. They won. They beat the Red Sox. No, and not the game. Really cool. the, the, I'm just, you know, I like stadiums too. So the bummer was that you know the thing about T-Mobile is they sell crickets as a as a food item. No, like fried crickets. You can mm -hmm. eat like. Okay, go ahead. And so, like, whenever a team goes out to the Seattle, they always have like the announcers or whatever. Be like, you know, try. We the tried crickets. the crickets. Yeah. Ooh, so these like, are the jalapeno crickets. So the crickets are five dollars. I'm just like. I'll eat a couple, and if I don't, if they're gross, I'll just, you know, whatever. I tried it, right? And I go down, and I'm just like, 
one order of crickets, please. She's like, we don't have them tonight. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I worked up like, I the mental courage to, like, yes. eat crickets. And then yeah. they weren't there. But, you know, whatever. You know, crickets are, like, pitched as, like, a really good alternative to flour. Like, that's, like, one of the things because they're, like, they reproduce so fast. And if you, like, grind them down, you can make, like, a meal of it. And they make, Someone like, cookies with, like, cricket flour. was saying that someone they knew their master's thesis was on that exact topic about like interesting crickets as like the future of like sustainable whatever Food. just like yeah just because they like reproduce so fast and like and they're high in protein and like that you really don't need much and like yeah people are like this is like the sustainable food like next this it's been pitched forever yeah very cool the one thing that was sort of like I, I team level was cool. Like it, I like cores feel better. I'd been there. I'll talk about that next. But like it, it just felt like it was kind of just okay. Like it was nice and new, but it wasn't like super exciting. Like I still think that PNC is the best park in the country. No, not just because you biased. Me there. I'm very biased, but but it's, yes. it's 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 great. I also think City's way up there, and I also City's think way up there gets slept on a lot. Yeah, Kaufman in Kansas City is amazing too. Never been. And this there. was like it's nice and new and it's fine, but it's just like whatever. I was also like looking around because they have like all these different, you know, history of the Mariners or whatever. And like there's, you know, some like retired jersey numbers. There's like three and there's like banners and like, you know, division titles, one or whatever. And there's like three. It's just like there's no hit. Like they've been around for – and that's kind of like why like the history of the Seattle Mariners is yes, like exactly. cool. Because like they're like always been good but never actually – and just like, all right. So it was kind of like lacking in that. Um, and then before I left Seattle, I took a ferry to Bainbridge Island. Um, which is like sort of like a ritzy, yuppie kind of like vacationy island nearby, and there's like just really good food there, and there's a really good used bookstore, and there's like ice cream and whatever, and just kind of you know hanging around whatever. So then I flew to Denver for the Red Rock show. This is like the one part of the trip that you already know about, but like I booked the hotel before I knew what I wanted to do, and I checked into the hotel, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Because, like, the airport in Denver, you've been to Denver. You said you've been to Red Rocks. Yeah, I've been to Denver multiple times. And it's 45 minutes outside the city for no fucking reason. It's, it's so an Illumi- You know it's an Illuminati, Illuminati airport, too, right? No, what does that mean? There's all these conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. You have to, like, read it. It's really weird. First of all, like, the big horse that you see when you drive it. You saw this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, the big horse, that's, like, a thing there's like weirdness about that there's they built this like underground thing that was supposed to like move your luggage and then they never like got it to work so they like think that there's like lizard people that live in the tunnel system under the denver yeah so it's also enormous it's enormous and in the middle of fucking nowhere it's so annoying i hate cities that build their airport 45 minutes away from the city it's fucking annoying so that's what i was so that's that was kind of like what tricked me like i I didn't really look at like weather place but i again i didn't know where i was looking but i knew where the airport was and there were a bunch of hotels, and I'm like, this must be, like, near stuff. It's not. I'm like, it's half an hour from the airport. And so I check in, and I'm like, oh, I'm 15-minute drive from downtown. Yes. And, like, what I was liking to do, like, in Seattle, and I was also trying to do in Denver, is that, like, stay downtown, walk around a lot. Then once it gets exactly. hot or I get tired, then yeah. Uber around, whatever. Yep. And I was able to do that really well in Seattle, even though, it's, like, it's hilly. Everything's kind of, like, it's a very walkable city. But here I'm just like... I don't want to start the day with, like, a $15 Uber ride. So, like, I, I go to my room, and the room's kind of dumpy for, like, what I was expecting. And I'm like, you know, I, I would tolerate it if it was, like, whatever. But I'm just like, there's got to be a place downtown that's not crazy expensive. And I found a Hyatt, which was, like, the same price. And Amen. I go down, and she's like, hey, can I bail on this checkout tomorrow instead of Sunday? And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, look, no offense. I just want to be downtown. So I go downtown. I do the hotel swap. I'm like, beautiful. This is great. 
And so there's I'm I'm just touring around downtown Denver. There's also more good food, like all the food, everything I all the Denver's beer I had, all the food, food everything's great. Yep, a hundred percent. Went to the Rockies game. Um, I've been to Coors, Coors Field. Awesome. Coors Field is very. I think it was also like in my top five or ten ish. Um, had some really good food after the game. Also, uh, more used bookstores. Went to the Botanic Gardens, like the the flower place, which is fine. Yep. I then went to this thing called Meow Wolf Denver. Do you know about Meow Wolf? I 100% know about Meow Wolf. Yes, go ahead. Have you gone to the one in Denver or no? No, I haven't gone to any of them, but I know all about them. Go ahead. So I think it started there's in There's one Santa in Vegas, Fe, too. And I think, yeah, there's a there's a handful of them now. There's not like a ton, but there's a handful. Yep. And I think, I think a girl that I went to middle school and high school with worked on the original Meow Wolf, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think. It's not like an art gallery. It's like an art exhibition or installation it's an installation that you like walk through yeah and it's like 50 bucks so it's not cheap nope but this is all about like memory like they call this convergence station i'm gonna preface it by saying that like this is exactly my shit yeah i was a little disappointed that there's not like a more cohesive story i bought a book thing that i'm gonna read and see like if there's more of a story or whatever but like I was just so impressed by, and I was talking to Alex about this because Alex was actually in Denver. Alex Ellenin, patron. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he was right. in Denver for a bachelor party the same weekend I was there. I was talking about this, and because he had gone to one, and yeah, I think he I think he went to the one in Vegas. So Meow Wolf is like a big thing that like all of my friends take a bunch of drugs and go to. Yeah, because it's li- like it, it basically transports you to like this alternate reality where there's like other currency and other food, and like yep. it's enormous. And if you think about, like, how long it took, like, there's, like, books that people have written that are in there, and there's, like, videos that people yep. are watching, like, on, like, VHS, like, just sort of, like, the Razor Trail. Like, it's insane. And there's just, like, there's a lore, and there's a narrative, and, like, it doesn't really come together in a way, but it's so weird and specific and, like, yep. nostalgia ASMR, where it's, like, you haven't been here, but it's, like remembering like pizza places from the 90s and it's like this is so like specifically never like it's not real but it feels real and it reminds you of other things like it's just so bizarre and weird everything and that cool. i see of it just reminds me of like a modern um the pittsburgh artist that did the campbell soup can what's his name andy warhol yeah it's like modern andy warhol type shit i think they even had maybe some of his stuff in their gift shop or maybe that was somewhere Yeah, it seems like an expansion on, like, if Andy Warhol existed now and had the technology we had now, this is probably the kind of shit that he would be making. Because it's all modern art, and it's a lot of it is just, like, it's, like, mixed media and stuff, but, like, it's so weird and cool and just, it felt, like, very familiar in terms of, like, the style, but also something that I've never really experienced before. And, like, again, not cheap, but worth doing if you can go somewhere. So I really liked it. Again, I wish it kind of, like... I wish there was, like, a story to it that you could kind of, like, there was, like, this card that, like, I didn't have, and I don't know where you get it, but, like, you can scan things and, like, collect memories here, and then if you collect all the memories, it tells a story or whatever, but whatever. Um, I still liked it. And the next day, I went to the Denver Art Museum, which was incredible. Like, it's this I've never amazing, been there. massive, like, seven-story, and it's, like, awesome. really wildly diverse. Like, they have a bunch of, like, Western art. They have, like, indigenous art. They have Asian art. They have, like, all Very these cool. different things, like paintings and sculptures and everything. It was super, super cool. Again, more amazing food, more incredible food everywhere. Um, and then I went to Red Rocks for Boy Genius on the last day, again, with lots of food. Because I had a friend 
So my friend Desiree, who I think I've mentioned on here, oh, I mentioned her because she had dinner at the table next to Sung Kang that one time, and she talked yes, about the story. I do so remember one this, of her yes. best friends used to live in Seattle, so she hooked me up with a lot of different ideas and places to go. And then a girl that I do yoga with used to live in Denver, and so she gave me all Denver recommendations. I'm just like, I have all these great food places. I'm just going to go to all these different places, and it was cool. delicious. Nice. So if you're going to either of these cities and you want recommendations – Hit me up because there's things like there's things that I thought were good that you like you don't you can skip. And there's things I'm just like, do not leave this city without like going to this place. So I love those. Cool. Those are my favorite. Yeah. But then while I was in Denver, because like I was just like walking, doing like eight or nine miles, walking around and like eating and drinking all day, and like by seven o'clock, I'm like I'm fucking tired, man. Uh, there's a movie theater like two minutes from my hotel, so I went to see a couple movies. I saw talked and I didn't like any of them, and they were bummer. They was a bummer to me. But talk to me, that new horror movie I did not like, the new Turtles movie. Did Wes talk about the Turtles movie? I know you still haven't seen it yet, but did Wes talk about it or no? I don't think so. Not to us. I was relaying what my head buddy had said that he really liked it. I think most people like it. I did not like it. And then the Meg 2, The Trench, which is the Statham versus More Sharks movie, is fun at the end, but the first like 90 minutes is not good. And so Mark and I talked about that, Hoffmeyer, Mark Hoffmeyer, I talked about that a little bit, and we kind of landed in the same place. Like, it's fun, but it's not great. It's also uh... bad. It's just a bummer. It's like, Let's see them fight sharks for 80 minutes. Like, that's all I want. But, like, don't do, like, 90 minutes of nonsense and then 20 minutes of that, right? So. Yeah, I, I feel you. I also saw in theaters, which, like, a special engagement. There's the Travis Scott thing, Circus Maximus, which I think I sent you. So Harmony Corinne did an entire movie in infrared, supposedly, with Travis Scott. But he also did this other thing called Circus Maximus, which is, like, a visual album. And I don't okay. really know Travis Scott's music. But the reason I saw this is because Harmony Corinne directed part of it, Nicholas Winding Refn directed part of it, and Gaspar No directed part of it. And I'm like, these are three of like the best, yeah. most crazy, over-the-top visual directors. So how was it? Half of it was interesting. And then they get to this like Roman Coliseum that I think Travis Scott directed. I'm just like, you're just you're rapping in a place now that I don't give a shit about. But like there's like half of just like, this is insane. Um and then half of just like, it's fine. To give yourself a directing side by side with these three guys. I mm-hmm. think you're 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 saying a lot, and probably not gonna hold up. So I can understand your take. I was very curious to see because I was playing a game. I'm like, this could be because like this. I'm like, this kind of feels like Drive. This could be Refn. It also could be Current. I don't know. And then there's one thing. I'm like, this is definitely Gaspar No. I think yep. they might have done like a couple different things or whatever. And like the way that they shot things with like the actual like film stock or whatever. Like the effects they did. I'm like this could be whatever. And I'm like, I want to know, but they didn't at the end, like each section was like introed or titled in like an alien script. So it's not like the drive. And then in the credits would be like the drive directed by Nicholas Winding Refn or whatever, just like triangle, square, circle, squiggle. And then like in the credits, it was like that. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't remember what that said. I don't remember what that segment yeah. was called. So I wanted yeah. to know like which one, cause I'd be like, watch this, 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 you can skip all this other stuff, whatever. Cause like, it's all. Like a visual album, like there's different songs, there's different like sections or whatever. So yeah, you can yeah, kind of yeah. bounce around. I think the first half is worth watching. The second half is not, unless you like his music. But you know, it's cool. I, I mean, I'm sure it'll I be couldn't tell you somewhere. any Travis Scott song at all, but sure. I think that's basically been it. I also want to plug. Uh, I mentioned the Mariners doc before, but the history of the Minnesota Vikings is streaming. Are now you enjoying on... it, Bud? Did you watch Quarterbacks? By the way, 
Not yet. I have not watched it yet. And I watched the first episode of Vikings. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going tonight. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great. It's it's wonderful. They they completed. There's been three of the seven episodes already, and they're still in like the 70s. Like they completed the Fran Tarkenton era, but like the Vikings that I know start soon. Start soon. Yeah. On YouTube, the the history of the Minnesota Vikings. If you like, I mean, I've talked about these guys before a lot in this whole style. But so, like I said, our next episode next week, Fast and Furious Six. And then RRR, and then another Life in the Fast Lane. So, very, very cool. But, Joe, anything else to say? Anything else to mention? Anything else to bring up before we end the episode? Not really, other than I just remembered that Rachel and I are stuck in Breaking Amish right now. We found a reality show that's about Amish kids Mm. that, like, leave the Amish to become English. And I'm just, like, balls deep in seasons of that. And then they have returned to Amish. So, we had to, like, look up the chronology of how they were released Mm. to shift back and forth like before the 90 day after the 90 day situation so for brain trash that's what i'm enjoying right now and you cool. just reminded me of oh it. also hard knocks is on and i've only seen the first oh, one dude. But it was really good oh yeah we watched the second one last night we like to watch it very intoxicated um it's making how are you feeling about it can we talk I about it gently because i really want to know your, how you're feeling interesting so mostly so people don't know hard knocks there's follows it, it, one it follows nfl a, team yeah and there are three different things that can exempt you from being on hard knocks. You made the playoffs last year. You have a rookie quarterback or you have a first year head coach. No, 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 no. It's made the playoffs rookie, a first year head in coach. In the past the two years, in the past two years, you made the playoffs. Or you were on hard knocks in the last like five or 10 years or whatever. And so basically it leaves like six or eight teams in the league that, that can be forced kind of stink. And that can be forced to do right. this. The NFL can, unless you opt and you say, I want to do hard knocks, which nobody ever does. Right. The NFL goes, you are the team doing hard knocks. Take it. So generally, it's a team that's like on the rise. Like last year's the Lions one was really good, I thought, because the Lions are like, this is an exciting young team that could they be try, really good. Yeah, they try to pick a team that's like was bad, but looks like they're about to turn it around mm-hmm. and like turn the corner. And so this year they're doing the Jets, which until like six weeks ago or so, it was another one of those like, Promising young rookies, probably not going to be great this year, but could, you know, surprise some teams. And then they signed Aaron Rodgers. They traded for Aaron Rodgers. Traded for Aaron Rodgers. And it's so weird to, like, watch, like, a... Say it. Because I I want to say it. Go ahead. Say what you're trying to say. Get that that word out. They did the Bucks with Brady, but I feel like it's weird to watch... No, they didn't do the Bucks with Brady. They didn't? No. Hold on. What am I thinking of? I don't know. But I think what's weird is that, like... It's weird to see, like, a superstar in this. Like, I, I know that I, I saw a headline for episode two that said Aaron Rodgers cements himself as one of the league's biggest weirdos. Like, I understand that. But, like, it's weird to see a, a, a guy who's just like, oh, yeah, he's great. Like, it takes away, in in a way, like, the, one of the draws of hard knocks where it's like, he might not be good. He might be on the fringe. That So this, so for me, I have many thoughts about this. One all I read, like, when I see him is that he's fucking phony as shit. Mm-hmm. I see that he's just, like, full of shit the whole time. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of this is just an act, like, coming out of him. And two, like, the more higher level thing that I'm getting from this season is the, like, cultification of him that the coaches are trying to change their mental fortitude 
by reminding everyone that we now have a chance because we have Aaron Rodgers. Watch how many times that they're like, like oh, yeah. only Aaron Rodgers can make that throw, and like yeah. we got him now. That's our quarterback. And they tell the defense that, and they tell the offensive line that, and they tell the wide receivers that, and they're trying to change the culture by brainwashing them into believing that Aaron Rodgers is going to fix all their problems is what I'm seeing. And Rachel and I watch it and we're like, this is so fucking weird. Like it's very interesting to watch, but that's all I can see when I watch it. Well, I think, I think that's weird. And I think that's why I was, I was confused about, cause like if, if they did the bucks with Brady, cause the bucks were like a, Oh, we could maybe do something. Then they got Brady. You're maybe like, well, remembering man in the arena or right? something, right? Maybe man in the arena. I'm trying to think of what it was. And it's, it's none of the hard knocks. I don't know what I saw, but it's just weird that like, they should be good. Is that what you're saying? They should. It's it's weird to watch a team that's probably going to be good that might make the Super Bowl exclusively because of one player, and like that's the story. That's the only story they're telling. It's just like uh, it it changes. You know, it's hard knocks. Like the first episode was very much an Aaron Rodgers episode. But I like, yeah, I haven't seen episode two yet, so I only saw the first one. But like, what I think so like Hard Knocks changed during COVID. I think the Rams Chargers thing was very interesting to see like how they were reacting to that. But like, it used to be more about the fringe players and the rookies. It absolutely because they had like a yes. more intense, intensive cutting process, right? Like they had to get rosters down from ninety to seventy-five today or whatever. Right? I think I think who said it? I think the Jets said this year like they just specifically didn't want to focus on cutting players because they thought it was like a negative thing for the players that get cut. And I think that they said they wanted to, like, take the focus off of that themselves. Because Hard Knocks used to be, like, a reality show about players like th- on the Usually, fringe. like, three or four, like, right. players that were, like, an international player, like, a rookie or, like, mm-hmm. somebody unsigned. And, like, or, like, a and guy then, like, competing for the backup or third-string quarterback. Yes, it was, like, these, exactly. And most of them, almost every year, would get cut. But it was yes. about, like, learning who these people were and be like, oh, well, he, you know, the Cardinals signed him onto their practice squad or whatever. Like, that's, a, you know, it's a kind of happy ending or whatever. But now, because they changed the rules of cutting during COVID, it's like you're 90 or whatever it is all the way till like, three days before the season, you're 53. And so, like, it takes away, like, the complete – so now Hard Knocks is a different show. And now with Aaron Rodgers, it's like, oh, well, now we're just, like – it's a show about, like, one of the league's best players. And it just feels different. Like, it's interesting, but it's just so different. It's very much his it, man in the arena. I agree with you yeah. in that sense. It feels like that. It's, it's weird. I'm curious to see how this plays out. I, I'm enjoying it. But it's making me hate Aaron Rodgers even more because I just find him like a pretentious fuck. Well, that's the thing. Like you're, you were talking about with quarterback. You don't like you were, you were afraid that like the Mahomes family drama. The clan, just like yeah. Like I think you're just, and not that it's a bad thing, but you're just too close to like the sports world. Like I only yes, watch these guys. Hundred percent. That's fair. Yeah. And so Understood. like I always, I know that Aaron Rodgers is a fucking weirdo who like eats clay with Shailene Woodley and like is questionable about vaccines and whatever. But like I don't have this other. The stigma, baggage? Right. the stigma of right. Aaron Rodgers that you, yeah, you're just like, oh, I see him play football and he's good at football. Fair. Right. And so like, I can as agree a with Vikings that. fan, I would hate seeing him succeed. I'm like, God damn, he's good. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those. Yeah. But the, the cutest thing that in episode two and the thing that I really like is I do think that he's actually a really good influence on Zach Wilson. And well, I think that he's like, that's the benefit probably going like, to unfuck Zach Wilson. He's like, he's essentially there as like a yeah. second offensive coordinator, a second quarterback coach. Like he's not there just to be good at playing. He's there to like unfuck Zach Wilson. If that works worth everything they paid for him, right? So. Everything that they paid and traded and paid him. But I also think like that's what's good. Like, so as opposed to just like watching what's the guy, the fucking Pat McAfee. No, 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 no. The, the guy who was on the Rams who got traded to the Lions last year, who was supposed to be like the future, and then he got traded for Stafford. He's on the Rams, and then he's, was a, on he's the, the Lions starting quarterback Goff? now. Yes, who's okay. just like 
he's fine, but whatever. Like the, to watch Aaron Rodgers like explain the thought process of like where you should check down or whatever. Like go here, this hitch, that hitch, that hitch, whatever. Like if you're not, and he if, does it to yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah, and he's like, like he's like, this is what like, I saw. Like yeah. this is I went here to here, and this is why I didn't do that. Like yeah. that's the coolest shit in the world. His like, just, brain, like, his brain works really very good. well. Yeah, just like that's amazing. Yep, I agree. I will also say there's a lot of good. Considering we're in a writer's strike, and I know that like it's not how it works, how it plays out, but like considering nothing new is being made now, there's just a lot of really good TV on right now. Like Winning Time came back, the HBO show about the Lakers in the 80s, really good. Futurama is back. They rebooted it. It's on Hulu. That's really good. The Vikings thing I said was really good. Hard Knocks you talked about. Reservation Dogs on Hulu on FX. It's in the third and final season. That's great. Justified got rebooted, which is fine. That's kind of a disappointment for me. I would not say watch that. And then How To with John Wilson on HBO is back, and that's fucking wild and great. That's a docuseries on Friday nights on HBO. But a lot of good stuff. I'm like, considering... We're not going to get anything for a while. Right. There's good there's time a lot now. of really good stuff right now. So, yeah. you know, thank you for listening. If thank you. you. Thank you for letting us talk to about Hard Knocks, but I was very just curious about Joey's thoughts on Hard Knocks. I think people... I, 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 like I, I that was to a very watch. genuine conversation that just happened to no, and I, I like I, I same. You know, I, I like that show a lot. Even though, like, I as I drift farther away from the NFL, like I just watch the Vikings. Basically, like I still love Hard Knocks, and I'm going to watch Quarterback. But you know, anyway, for all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to CageClub.me, Facebook.com/slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter. Nope, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Twitter. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFast2Forever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop. And come back next week as we talk about Fast and Furious number six. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we will tell you all about it when we see you again.